You are listening to Let's Talk Shop, produced by Smackna and hosted by Angie Simon. Let's Talk Shop is an ongoing podcast series where sheet metal contractors discuss important topics and trends related to their business. And now, Angie Simon. Hi, this is Angie Simon, president of National Smackna and CEO of Western Allied Mechanical. And I'm really excited that for Women in Construction Week, I have two very special contractors to talk to. I have Carmen Koo, who is a partner with Applied Air Conditioning out of Southern California, and Sandy Menino, president of Cambridge, Air, Cambridge Port Air Systems out of the Massachusetts Boston area. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you, Angie. Very much. All right. Well, listen, I would love you ladies to tell people a little bit about your story, maybe where you were born, how you got into the industry and your path to leading your companies. So why don't we start with you, Carmen? Great. <laughs> um, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here and uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. I was actually born and raised in Holland, the Netherlands. I speak fluent Dutch and um, I was, uh, my parents immigrated here when uh, I was nine years old. So I came here with my parents, my brother and sister, and didn't speak a lot of English at all. So that was a transition for myself and my family. Uh, we moved to the Bay Area, actually, to Alameda, and uh, lived there for a while. I started uh, school and took some ESL classes and was able to integrate into a regular fourth grade. And um, it, it, it was a change, but it's challenging, but, but great. Um, and my parents wanted to move here for more opportunities. And my dad was a businessman and um, wanted to open restaurants. And that's what he did. So um, when I was a young mom and college student, uh, my family and I were volunteering at a local church and I met a man named Norm Lucier. He was a fellow parishioner and my neighbor. And he was, he had been in the trade for many years and wanted to start his own HVAC company. He was just starting out and really excited. And uh, this is uh, where our stories vary a little bit. So he will say I was desolate and needed a job and <laughs> begging for a job. And my version goes a little bit different. And I said, you know, he saw me volunteering at church and saw what a hard worker I was and said, I need you on my team. So somewhere in the middle, you know, <laughs> probably the truth. But uh, no, they're, um, him and his family have become like my family. His wife is my best friend and they're just amazing people. And he gave me this amazing opportunity to start in the HVAC business. So I started in the office and worked my way up and learned every aspect of this business. It's just so interesting to me, everything about it. And in 2008, um, we got the opportunity to buy a company from a man who was retiring. And me, myself, and Norm and another partner, Rudy, bought the company together. And ever since then, um, we've been running it. It's just been amazing. It's been such a great experience. Of course, there's sleepless nights and once in a while tears, but all in all, it's just been very rewarding and the best decision I ever made in my life. 
Wow, you bought your company in 2008, just before that recession, and now you've yes. made it through the pandemic. Uh, yes. We're not quite through it, but we're going to get there, right? Yes, we are. We're doing okay, so <laughs> good. thank God for that. Good, good. Well, that's very interesting. Sandy, how about you? Can you give us a little bit of your story? Well, I wish I went first now because my story is not as exciting as uh, sure. Tom's there. So I was born and raised north of Boston, and I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Not very exciting, but um, I started working in the manufacturing industry um, back when I was in college. I got a part-time accounting job with a manufacturing firm, and I just loved everything about manufacturing, and I've still been here 35 years later. I started with a company, Cox Engineering, who is a mechanical and... um, Like a contractor. Yeah. Mechanical contractor, sorry. And I started there in 2011 as their controller. Okay. They have four different divisions, and Cambridgeport Air Systems is their manufacturing division. Got it. So I started there, and then I was promoted to division president in 2013. Okay. So you're division president of one of their four divisions? Yes. Okay. And and so you manage, what do you manufacture? Do you make, so we manufacture um, HVAC products, okay. mostly curbs and adapters for rooftop units. Okay, got it. Okay. And we make economizers and catwalks and stuff like that also. Okay, so you, and you, so you sell those to other mechanical sheet metal contractors? Yes. Or, or mechanical Most, contractors? Yeah, mostly we sell to um, commercial distributors like a Carrier, a York, a got Daikin, okay. and then they sell to the contractors. Okay. And, and how many people do you have in your shop right now? We have 50. Oh, so you're and 18 in the office. So did, during the pandemic, did you have to shut down your shop at all? No, we stayed working the entire time. We were considered essential and we stayed, we were a little slow and there were some people who took a layoff because they had concerns with health issues, either with themselves or someone at home. But everybody else, we we kept working full time. Wow. Okay. And and how's your outlook for twenty twenty one? I mean, this is now. Right. Like, how's right. your outlook for now and, and and next year probably right. after that? Yeah, I mean, we have a strong outlook. We're still busy, and even you know, we had a lot of job sites that were shut down, and obviously we couldn't supply to them. But we a lot of our end users, our schools and hospitals. We did a lot of work for COVID sites, pharmaceuticals like Moderna. Got it. So we were busy with that kind of stuff and continue to be. And then economizers, everybody wants the economizers right now for the fresh air. A lot more outside air right now. So that's yeah. popping on that area. Yep. So, and and are, do you know offhand of all four divisions? I mean, did Cox stay busy as well in during the pandemic? Yeah, so they have um, a construction division, which was slow because Boston had shut down mm-hmm. for I think probably about two months. Okay. But they've been busy since then. The service department stayed busy and then they have another division, which is also called Cambridgeport and they make air handlers. Okay. And they stayed busy too through it. So we've been very lucky. Okay. All right. Well, Kervin, give us a little bit about what, what uh, applied air conditioning does in Southern California. So we have a wide variety of customers. We um, do work with a lot of municipalities, um, different cities, counties, schools, 
Um, we offer a very uh, services. We do um, service and repair, preventative maintenance, uh, retrofits, controls, and some design build projects as well. Um, so we tend to bid on a lot of uh, public works projects. And um, so far, um, we've seen that we're staying pretty steady. Uh, luckily, we haven't had to lay anyone off, thank God. And um, we're looking pretty busy um, through probably the third quarter of this year. Okay. So. Great. Great. Now, do you, um, you're a partner. Are you a woman owned business or a minority owned business? Um, no, we are not. You're not. Okay. No. So, so do you, that doesn't help you get work in that, in that vein then? No. no. What, what kind of challenges have you seen being a woman in, in, in a very male dominated industry? Very, very male dominated. <laughs> but, you know, I've had some interesting experiences. Uh, you know, being a partner, you go from A to Z. So you try to do everything from the project management to the estimating to, you know, job site visits. So sometimes, you know, I have to put the boots on and climb up on ladders. And um, there was one instance where we we're on top of a roof in downtown LA. and um, I saw somebody secretly taking pictures of me while we were doing a job walk. That was kind of odd and strange and uncomfortable. But, you know, for the most part, it's, uh, it's been great. Um, people are, um, I think, more open now um, to women in the trade and including different people that, you know, don't look like the typical construction worker. Right. So I think it's kind of opened eyes and open doors for other people, hopefully. Well, come on, Carmen. In, in LA, we talk about the paparazzi. They were just after <laughs> you. <laughs> saw you on that roof and said, we're going to take a <laughs> Yeah. Sandy, have you, had, have you had any issues in regards to being a woman and being in charge of 50? Now, let me see. Uh, 50 in the shop. You said when we talked before, you have one woman and 49 guys. Yeah. Yes, kind of the normal <laughs> traditional percentage of women in this industry. Have you had any challenges with that? No, not really. And I think, you know, I started there and worked as the controller for a year and a half. So I was very hands-on in the factory floor at that time. And I knew, you know, a lot of the people and most of our employees have been there for a long time and I had a good rapport with them. So I don't think that's a challenge at all. Yeah. So they, I mean, you're respected and they know that you know your stuff and, and you just take care of your business. So, yes. Yep. Right? And I'm, you know, I go down to the floor and they know that I'm not afraid to go down there and get dirty. And Right. Right. So the, the different, it's like working with 50 older brothers that you, you right. know, didn't really want. <laughs> so you do have a nice situation in that you are more in a controlled environment in that you don't go, you don't see outside uh, folks where Carmen, you know, you're going to go to walk a job site. And it's not just, it's not just your workers. It's all the other construction industry workers as well. Yep. It's all the trades. And sometimes the GCs that look at you or the inspectors that uh, think, what you're here walking the job, you know? Yeah. It's, it's sometimes yeah. challenging, but like yeah. I said, we make the best of it. Yeah, I, I did learn really early um, when I first started. They, you know, everybody dressed up more here in our office, and so um, guys would wear ties. I would wear a dress, 
And I found out that didn't work so well when I went to job sites. So I quickly, <laughs> quickly decided that pants would be a better choice yeah. on a job site. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly getting on the roof. Yes, yes. Those ladders will get you every time. Yeah. So, Carmen, you've given us some idea, but I mean, what uh, the industry, you said you really enjoyed it so far. And I mean, what are some of the things you like that you see that you like so much about the industry? I love the diversity of our industry. There's so many aspects. And, you know, being involved with SMACNA, you can see even more the different, um, you know, there's air balance and, and architectural, and there's just so many different aspects of our trade. And um, another thing I love is, is seeing our projects come, coming to fruition, just building a project from A to the end to Z is just amazing to me. It's very fulfilling um, seeing a project being completed. Another thing I love is um, watching my people grow, watching my team members grow. That is very rewarding to me personally, watching them grow personally, you know, growing their families, but also watching them grow professionally, being able to promote and reward <clears throat> our employees for their hard work and hard effort. It's just, um, they're very dear to my heart. Yeah, great. Sandy, I know your husband's also in the industry, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. He, he works actually with Cambridge Port Air Systems? Yes, he's the sales manager. Okay, so great. So you both, uh, you you probably talk industry at night and, and on the weekend. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so what, would you, uh, when you were in high school, would you have pictured yourself being a president of a, of a manufacturer? Um, probably not, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was on the accounting route and... You know, that's what I always liked. And I loved it. And like I said, I started early in the manufacturing and just knew I loved that. And even, you know, 35 years ago, it was even more male dominated. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. But, you know, it's interesting. You just make your way through and makes you actually work harder and stronger to kind of prove them wrong. Right. And, and it sounds like your husband's supportive. Yes, very, very supportive. Very supportive. That's excellent. So... So what, any thoughts on what we can do to, to help make this industry a little more diverse? Um, as we all know that um, women make in the trades in the field are probably anywhere between four and 6% of the, of the trades. And maybe when you talk about all women in construction period, we're probably about 9%. Um, and, and on top of that, we're very, we're also the percentage of white of white males in the industry is very large as well. So, Carmen, any any ideas on, on what we can do about that? Well, I have a few ideas. Um, you know, for me personally, um, I think, you know, the JATC is a great way to start um, recruiting and, and promoting, you know, um, our women and the tradeswomen that are at the JATC can recruit more women. Um, for me personally, though, I've um, done a lot of school chores. I've gone to middle schools, um, special schools for that have young teenage moms um, and told my story and said, you know, I'm not any different than you. And, you know, for this to be possible for me, it, it's definitely a possibility for you. Um, they have these programs um, in high school and middle school called AVID. And a few of my good friends are teachers, so they've asked me to come and speak at their AVID 
classes. And so I've, I've gone and I usually take a big bag of candy, which gets kids very motivated to ask more questions. But um, I love doing those things and promoting our industry that way and promoting women in our industry that way, just so they can see, you know, this is an opportunity and this is something that I might be interested in. And I, I believe it's starting, you know, when they're young. When they're young. I too have spoke with my, my girlfriend's a teacher at a high school in Palm Springs and I've spoke, talked to both her freshman and junior avid classes. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and, and I will, I'll throw this out there right now. Um, we've been talking about trying to, uh, the fact that our industry has so much upside potential during the pandemic, all of us continued to work. Um, yeah. And, and I know that, Right now, they're projecting that 40% of our industry will retire in the next five years. Wow. And so there, and we also are short at least 15% of the people we need right now. So if you think about that, we're short 50% people and we're going to retire 40% out. Um, there's a huge opportunity for people in our industry. And so we talk about needing to recruit all the time. And I know I kind of, uh, I stepped up with my partner and then some Western Washington folks um, Hermanson and Western Ally, but we've decided to run a summer camp this summer where we're going to work with the, uh, an, uh, where the, the areas that are needed, the underprivileged areas that have that people in need and like in the Bay Area, East Palo Alto is in my backyard. And we're going to run a summer camp. We're calling it heavy metal, heavy metal summer experience. And we're going to bring in like freshmen and sophomores in high school. We're going to teach them about what the trade is. We're going to teach them uh, they're going to make some projects, weld a project, and they're going to sheet metal boxes, and we're going to work with them, and they're going to go tour our JATCs, and we're throwing this all together free for them, and it's going to be a six-week program, and we're excited about it because what we really want them to know is a lot of the folks, those kids are not really necessarily wanting to go to college, and what a great opportunity if they could come into our trades. They can get an education in our trades and work at the same time. And um, we, we would love to have them. So we're, we're hoping we'll see how that program goes. So even if I can get two kids out of that group that will go into our trades, I, I feel like it'll be a success. So um, just help a few of those underprivileged kids too. So Sandy, do you, guys, do you guys in your area, I mean, I know you're in the manufacturing, so your shop is probably not a lot of turnover in there, I imagine. Um, do, you have, no, do, you, do you recruit from the union or do you recruit yourself? We recruit ourselves, and we've tried to work with some of the trade schools around um, the high school ones, and we really haven't had much luck with that. Mm -hmm. So we've tried. We've gotten some kids to come in on like an internship, and we just really haven't had success. So generally, we're putting ads out there, going through temp agencies, and and recruiting that way. Well, uh, you know. Part of the recruiting, I think, for all of us, when we think about recruiting younger people is we have to recruit the parents as well, because I really think the perception is that the parents think that this is a dirty job as well. And, and uh, Smack has got Ignite Your Career, and it, they've got some amazing stuff on their website with Ignite Your Career to show exactly what, the, how, what a great industry it is. And so I do think that um, a lot of the counselors in the high schools and the parents need to also be convinced. You, you see that you seem to agree with that, Carmen. Yes, definitely. And when you can tell them, I, I've gone to uh, speak uh, to somebody about also recruiting our local um, junior colleges because they have an HVAC program and possibly getting those students to sign up for the apprenticeship. But when you can tell these kids that 
you know, they'll work while they're learn for five years and they'll have zero school debt. That really resonates with parents, especially. So um, that's definitely something we can use to our advantage. Yeah, that's, that's definitely it. So when we talk about the characteristics, I mean, of a good apprentice or a good journey person, um, can you give me what you think, like for, for you, Carmen, what would be a couple of the great characteristics of a good journey person? Um, open-minded, um, flexible, um, honest, <laughs> good, punctual, punctual. <laughs> show, show up on time, willing to show up every day. Yes. 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 Yeah. That um, takes some learning, I think, from the kids when they're, when they're yeah. young. So. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that's the, I'm actually interviewing people tomorrow and, you know, those are, those are the things that I look for. Integrity. Um, right. Those those are things that, you know, a lot of this stuff can be taught even on the job, even if they're an, a young apprentice. But um, those core uh, values are right. uh, what I look for. Right. Sandy, for in, in, in manufacturing, I imagine showing up on time and being there and giving you the effort during the day is probably important. So... Yes, the same way. And, you know, also being patient, a lot of them want to come in and say, start welding right away, but they really have to work their way up to that and be trained and be willing to put in the time and effort to learn the different opportunities that we have in the factory. Right. So the other thing that's a little bit of a challenge I've heard in our industry, particularly in the trades in regards to women, is our retention of women in our trades. And, and in our offices to a certain degree in regards to the technical positions. So uh, some of that comes from companies needing to be more inclusive and, um, and maybe educating, educating our, um, our workforces about inclusiveness. I do know that we at National SMACNA, along with the other MEP trades, have started a diversity, equity, and inclusion task force. And one of the things that the union and our Joe Sellers is very behind is We've put out a joint statement, but we're working on the JATCs, trying to get that kind of education into the JATCs to start at that level. Um, Carmen, any suggestions on inclusion, uh, how we would retain women in the trades or in the, or in the field period or in the offices? Gosh, that's a great question. And I'm not sure I have a, a clear answer for that. It, it's a loaded question. I, we, we spoke about the inclusion program um, at our board meeting. And one word stood out to me, the un, unconscious bias. Right. And I, I just noticed that, you know, the more I thought about that word or that, that term, all of us have it. And, um, you know, even though we don't want to think that we do, we all do. And I think, you know, just being aware of that and making maybe the JATC or more people aware of that, people will become more conscious. and. Um, hopefully more inclusive. Yep. Yep. Any thoughts on that, Sandy? I was going to say, I agree with Carmen. That's a hard, you know, question to answer. And especially in our shop, it's hard for women to come in and be, you know, working with all men Mm -hmm. and it is a dirtier environment and a hard working condition and to feel comfortable. We do have one woman now um, and we had one previously, but it's not something when we put those ads out there or we're interviewing people that, that attracts a lot of women to feel comfortable. Yeah, I, I do see an, advan- 
an advantage, though, to a woman working in a shop because of the fact that if they have kids, it, you're a little more consistent. You're not going to different parts of the, you know, you're going to the same spot every day. Your times are the same every day, pretty much. Um, yes. I think part of retention for women is going to be helping each other as well. I think the mentoring side of, of the women so that they have someone to talk to and discuss that, uh, what's going on with them. Because I think um, if something's going on or somebody's picking on them, they at least can talk to another woman about it and say, how do I deal with this? Um, But starting with our youth, the JATCs and teaching them what is right and what is wrong is probably a great future too. So well, um, it's been a great conversation. Is there any, can I ask you to think about, uh, you know, Sandy, it, you like the industry. You, you've been here, you said 34 years you've been working in the industry. Is that what you said? Right. In manufacturing. Yeah. Manufacturing. That's amazing. That's yeah. great. But uh, have, if, if somebody on the street came up to you and said, wow, you're in the air conditioning business or the sheet metal business. Well, I, what I want to do that. Can you have any suggestions? I think it's a great industry because in, in our sector, it's both large and small. Mm-hmm. So when we go to customer trade shows, we go there and it's like a family environment. Everybody, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a carrier or a York or a Daikin. Everybody is the, the people that work there, the vendors, the contractor. Everybody is very friendly with each other and even across competition. Yep. So the competitors are very willing to help each other out. And I just think that that's a great industry to be in. Wow. And, and Carmen, your congratulations, by the way, you are on the national board now and you, you. you got to attend your first board meeting, sadly, virtually, but um, <laughs> yeah, but now yeah. describe, I mean, th- that's uh, the board's very diverse as well in regards to all locations and people, but um, you know, tell us a little bit about how that feels when you start to learn about other areas. It's very interesting to me because um, you know, the things that we deal with are so different and you know, it's, they're the same in some ways and very different in other ways. And what's going on on the East Coast might be very different from what's going on in our land of California. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love seeing the the different areas and what's going on there. It's very interesting to me. Yeah, I, I will. I will say too. I agree with you, Sandy, about how in the sheet metal industry it seems like everybody's willing to help each other. And yeah, I, yeah. I really feel that on the board as well, that we're all there to make it better for the industry. And um, so, so we need to, to continue to work that out. So to encourage more women, for example, to get into this industry. And I, I, I joke, but I say there may be a lot of waitresses and hairdressers that realize that maybe this is a better industry than what they were in because they at least have, we have work and they didn't get work. So that's yeah. right. We're essential. Yeah, we're essential. Right. <laughs> However, sometimes I do think those hairdressers are essential and maybe they aren't considered. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Well, ladies, I thank you so much. This was very interesting. Um, We're excited about Women in Construction Week. There's a lot of a lot of things going on this week. So keep an eye out for other uh, for webinars and things that you'll be seeing. But um, Mm -hmm. thank you much for joining me. And, And also to all our listeners, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Hopefully we get to see each other soon in person. In person. Carmen, thank thank you you too. Thank you so much. Let's Talk Shop is brought to you by SMACNA, the Sheet Metal and Air Conditioning Contractors National Association. For more information, visit smacna.org.